Jennifer Nielsen, and this is Let It Glow, episode 28, Why You Need a Life Coach. Ready, set, glow. Welcome to the Let It Glow podcast, a happy place where you'll learn how to let your soul shine and discover new ways to design your best life. I'm your host, Jennifer Nielsen. Welcome to this podcast episode. Today we're going to be talking about why you need a life coach and you didn't even know it. Or maybe you did know it. Maybe you have a life coach. But if this is something that's new to you, I would love to share with you my experience with having a life coach and why I'm now doing that in my own work with coaching others. So first, I'm going to start out with an example because I love stories. You know that. And I remember a few years ago when my son was serving a mission for our church in Peru, we went to pick him up and we went to Machu Picchu. And we hired a guide because we wanted to go to Machu Picchu, which is the peak above Machu Picchu. And it's quite treacherous. You know, it's dangerous. And we just wanted to be safe. And we didn't want to go to the top alone. We wanted to avoid the danger. And so we hired someone that had done it before, that had experience, rather than trying to figure it out on our own. And we could have done that. But our experience would have been a lot less positive because really, in the end, my husband, even with his gout, and my son and I all made it to the top of Wanupichu, and we did it with more ease and grace than we would have had we tried to do it on our own. It wasn't stressful. It wasn't nerve-wracking. We knew what to do and when to do it and where to go. He gave us step-by-step instructions. We followed him, and we conquered Wanupichu. And trust me, we were all a little nervous about this. It is something we had never done before. We'd heard all the nightmare stories about people that had been hurt. And in the end, it was actually a really life-changing experience. And it was so rewarding to conquer something that was hard because I'm not really an avid hiker. I'm more of a nature walk kind of hiker. And so this was hard for all of us and we did it. And that is the beauty in hiring someone is they can challenge you, they can push you, they can guide you into doing something that maybe on your own, you would be more tepid about, or you wouldn't really know what to do. And it's the same mindset when you hire a trainer. I just got done working out today. I had a little hiatus this summer, let's just say that, with vacationing, and then my trainer had had some health issues, and so I've been a little bit slower getting back into it. But a good trainer will challenge you. They will help you avoid getting hurt. They will help you with your form. But most importantly, they will help you get the results that you want. So why do you hire a trainer? We can all read books. We can watch videos on how to exercise. But there's something about that one-on-one interaction with someone who believes in us, who's cheering us on, but is also challenging us. So, you know, we think of the word coach, and literally, I'm a sports mom, so I've dealt with a lot of different coaches. And if you're a mom, a parent, or you've been in sports, you know the difference that a good coach can make. Coaches have a very important role in the lives of the students and the kids they're coaching, just as I believe 
that a life coach can have a very powerful, influential role in your life if you hire the right person and if you do what they say, because it will work. And I was in a place in my life where I had kind of gotten through the healing journey that I had been going through for a long time. And we've heard enough about that, but it was a treacherous journey. But I got to that place and kind of the analogy that I've used in the past is I was treading water. I was getting, you know, things were better. I wasn't drowning. I was feeling a little more like my head was above water, but I wasn't like progressing and living the full life that I wanted to live because I got big dreams and I wanted to make them happen. And so with much thought and consideration, I decided to hire a coach. And some of the things that motivated me that might motivate you is that wanting to live with a higher purpose, to have deeper relationships and feel more connected, to have more self-confidence, to create more abundance and gratitude in your life, to have a healthier mind and body, to heal from past traumas to even a different level, and then to thrive instead of survive. So these are all things that drove me or helped me make the decision to hire a coach because while some of my areas were stronger than others, I feel like I still had room for growth and improvement. And that's what I wanted. And so I chose to take the route of hiring a coach. And I don't know if any of these that you can relate to these, but I do know that in my life, as I've invested in myself, the more I do that, the more that I get out And the more you invest, the more you get out of it. The more you invest, the more you get out of it. We hear that all the time, but it really is true. Is I was willing to invest, to be accountable, and to do the work, that's when the magic really started happening in my life. Because what a life coach can do for you, the number one thing that I think that they help you with is they can help you find your blind spots. And the way that I explain this is with like a big circle, a big pie, whatever you want to call it. And there's a little sliver of that pie that is what you know, what you know. And for me, what I know, I know is that I have brown eyes, the sky is blue, I'm a girl. (laughs) These are things that are absolute that I know that I know. And another little small slice in that circle or that pie is what I know that I don't know. And in that category falls things like, I don't know how to split an atom. I don't know how to change the oil in my car. I don't know how to fly to the moon. I know these things are all possible. I just know that I don't know how to do them. So I know that I don't know them. But the bigger part of this pie is that that what we don't know that we don't know. What we don't know that we don't know. So it's our blind spots. And the reason they're called blind spots is it's hard for us to find our own blind spots. That's why they're called blind spots. And that is where we get stuck. And that is where sometimes we can't move forward because we're doing the same thing, expecting different results, but that doesn't work out. So a life coach can help you identify your blind spots and your blocks. They can give you a roadmap of how to do this. They can hold you accountable. They can help you unlock your potential and help you to gain more self-confidence. And they can help you move at an accelerated pace because now you have this roadmap. You're not getting like off on these tangents or going on these detours. You actually have a plan 
that keeps you focused, like laser focused on your goals. And the best part of all is that they help you do all of this with more ease and grace. And that is something that my coach is always reminding me. We can do this a hard way or we can do this with more ease and grace. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to take the route that's more ease and grace. And that is the beauty of hiring someone that has been on this path before you. It's just like, you know, a school teacher teaches you how to do these mathematical equations. They're teaching you something they've already learned, they've already been through, and they become the expert in that because they have been down this road. They know how to teach mathematical equations. I could no more do that than the man on the moon. That is not my strength. But I can teach you and show you how to get out of that black hole that sometimes we feel stuck in, how to identify your blind spots, all these things that I discuss. This is what I do with my clients on the daily. This is what I love to do. So I I like statistics, and the Huffington Post did a survey. And according to this survey, it said that those who coached had improved their confidence by 80%. That's huge. 72% improved their communication skills and 57% improved their time management skills. So how would you like to improve your confidence, your communication skills, and your time management skills? I'm raising my hand because I'm still working through all of these things that I'm telling you from where I started I've bridged the gap to where I'm at now, where I'm actually functioning in a place and thriving where I feel like, yeah, I really do love myself. My communication skills are pretty good too. And my time management skills are so much better than they used to be because I have focus. And instead of just, you know, squirrel, 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 I have someone that's helping me stay focused on the path of where I want to go. So... One question I kind of want to ask you, because this is me, so it's kind of a loaded question, but are you a webinar junkie? Are you a self-help book junkie? Do you just love to download information, but you don't really apply it? Because get on your phone, get on your computer, everywhere you look, we're being bombarded with information. Information does not translate into change. Application is what translates into change, application. We have to take what we've learned, what we've studied, and we have to actually apply it. And if it was just about downloading information, we can all give you the equation to living a healthier life, watching what we eat, exercising, drinking more water, getting rest. But sometimes information is not enough. We need someone to help to hold us accountable, to help remind us, where maybe we're struggling, where you know where we're thriving, but ultimately sometimes it takes someone else to 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 be accountable to to stay on track. Because I know that I've been guilty of a lot of these things in the past. You know, just how many of us have unopened vitamins in our drawer that don't work unless we take them? They will not help our bodies if we do not swallow them. But so often we have the information, we have the tools, but we don't use them. I look at coaching as like that gas in your car. (laughs) It helps you to keep going. And I remember as my younger self, I don't know what it was called procrastination, but I ran out of gas too many times to count. It's a little embarrassing. But 
as we as we let that go, as we and we've all been in that place where literally we've just feel like we are just out of gas, where we just feel like we can't go on and we're trying to push our way through. And it's so much harder to push that car once it's out of gas. Trust me, because I've done it on the side of the road and the freeway. It hasn't happened in at least 10 or 15 years. So it's progress. But you kind of get the point here that I'm trying to make. So all of these things are great. Webinars, reading self-help books, going to classes, all of these things. But if we don't apply them, they are not going to create the transformations that you might want in your life. And you might be just great where you are right now. So maybe this isn't for you. But if there's, there's hopes and dreams and desires that you have that you don't really know how to make happen, that is when it is great to hire a life coach. And that is why I do what I do, because I've been in that place where it felt pretty bleak. And it took the right person at the right time to help me step out of the water, get onto that dry land, and to really soar. And that's what I want for all of you that are listening today. So this quote is so beautiful. As I was you know, studying this morning, it came up and it says, And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud became more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Anais Nin, I hope I said that correctly. So are you willing to take the risk to grow into your most beautiful self? If you are afraid to blossom or to expand, I am here to help. This is what I do. And I'm getting ready to launch my new coaching program. It's going to even be better than what I've done in the past. I'm really bringing in all these elements of the, the group coaching, which creates a sense of community. And I saw that at the ranch, how powerful it was at this retreat that I just had to see the women supporting each other, learning from each other, having that empathy and that validation with each other. It was a powerful component in healing. And I've seen it in my workshops. I've seen it in all that I do, the power of community, but also the importance of one-on-one work to find those blind spots that are individually where what you need to work on. And then I also use this mylytical method, which is like a 53-page workbook that I will give you one week at a time. So the program is an eight-week program. And so in all of this, you have accountability. You'll have you know, lessons, you'll have things to work on, and you'll be learning and growing along the way with a great support system and with me coaching you along the way. I am super excited about this because I know what it feels like to be lost, and I know what it feels like to feel like, oh my gosh, I have found my purpose. I'm living the life that I choose, the life that I design. And on a side note, the approach that I use in the coaching is a trifecta approach. Because I believe that it takes three different angles, three different elements to really create lasting transformation. And number one is spiritual growth. So I would say that's at the top of the triangles. You have spiritual, whether that's, for me, that's, I I believe in God. Some people believe in a higher power. Some people believe in Buddha. Whatever that is, I believe that the spirituality component is vital. And then we also need psychological tools. And then also energetic tools. So it's spiritual, psychological, and energetic tools. And I teach all of those when I'm coaching and with this Let It Glow method. And I know from the work that I've done and from the work that I've done with countless people that this works. 
it works. And I'll just go over quickly the six keys to the Let It Glow method. I've talked about the dig. I did a whole podcast on it. It was the last one before this. So refer to that if you haven't, if you don't really understand what the dig is, because that is really a foundational part of the work that I do. But I also touched on the six keys to get glowing, which are getting out of your own way, the refiner's fire, where your mind goes, energy flows, stay in your lane, be dream do, and shine on. So these are my six keys. And in all of these, again, thought work is a, you know, fundamental part of all of this. But I teach the power of choice, shame and grace. How do we use our trials and heartaches as fuel to become our best self? Forgiveness, boundaries, comparison, validation, self-confidence, vision boards. I teach tapping, EFT, which is the technical term. And that's where we can kind of clear that energy that gets stuck. Like when we feel like we just feel heavy and weighed down, we don't know how to move through that. And then I talk about how we can turn all this around as we're doing our own work to be a light to others. Because ultimately, I feel like that's the purpose for all of us is to take what we've learned and then to share it with others. So as I've discussed this, I, if you have questions, I'm in my emails at the end of the podcast. But what I just want to challenge you is to think about where you are in your life right now. And if you feel pretty good about where you are, great. But if you feel like there's there's this nudging in you that maybe you want more, maybe there's there's some direction that you're wanting to, to, to get, there's some some ideas, some dreams that you might have. Maybe things aren't working for you. Maybe you're just in a funk. Wherever it is in your life, take the opportunity to think about what that looks like and where you want to be. Because I can tell you, if you do these three things, this is the secret sauce to coaching for you. If you decide to do this, you need to just invest, listen, and then apply. Invest, listen, and apply. And really, there is no free lunch. I mean, I've had people come to me and just been like, wow, you've been through this, you've been through that. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm in a great place. But I wasn't about 10 years ago. And it took a huge investment emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially to get me where I wanted to be. And so if you're willing to make that investment, you will get the return on that investment. And that is the guarantee that I have with the people that I coach with. If you're not happy, I will give you your money back. If you do all those things that I ask you to do, to invest, to listen, and to apply, if you don't get the results that you want or that I believe you can get, then you'll get your money back. But I promise if you do all of the things that I can help you and walk you through, you will find more peace, more love, more connection, more freedom in your life. And I will literally show you how to leave your baggage behind and to design a radiant life. And that is what I do. And that is what gets me excited. That's how it keeps me going. And all this that I do, I do my retreats. And really the idea of that is to plant the seed of hope and possibility in the women that I work with. Because I love what I do. I love the place that I'm at in my life. And there was a time that it just wasn't the case for me. So what I want for you is to allow yourself to think of the possibilities, to get out of your comfort zone, and to be willing to be vulnerable enough to look at what's working and what's not working. And then ultimately, invest in yourself. It may not be in working with me. It may be something else. 
but take the time to invest in you. Because as you do that, you will have more to offer not only yourself, but the people that you love in your life. If you're a mom, if you're married, if any of your relationships, it will bless those relationships as you fill your tank with gas, as you fill yourself with oxygen. We all know that analogy on the plane. You got to give yourself oxygen first before you give it to your children. Fill your cup so that you have more to give others. Okay, so now is time for the dig. And at the end of each podcast, I'm going to do a quick example of the dig because like I've said, this is a fundamental principle that I want you to really get an understanding of. And we're going to go with one pretty simple that I think all of us have experienced. And this actually came from a real real situation that I had working with someone. And what happened is her children fought in public and were like kind of beating each other up. So that's the facts. That's what happened. And what she said about it is, I'm a bad mom. What I do, what did I do wrong that my kids are arguing that they're beating each other up? They're going to be felons. <laughs> like they're just, I, I've, I've done a terrible job. And really when we try to narrow down the real emotion is, is it was for her was, I'm not a good mom. I failed them. That was where she found the real heaviness. And that's what we want to look for when you're doing the dig. So the next step is, number three, is how did that make you feel? And for her, it just made her feel terrible. made her feel sad. It made her feel hopeless. She felt unworthy. She felt like a failure. And what actions did this cause for her? How did she react She actually became more cranky and she actually became more like in this situation, she got really mad at her kids. She yelled at him. She responded back. I always referred to fight, flight, or freeze. Well, she she reacted to her kids fighting. Don't fight. So I'm going to fight with you so you don't fight. Kind of the irony here in all of this. So the next step, number four, is what is the outcome that she wanted? The outcome that she wanted is to feel like she's doing a good job as a mom and to feel connected to her kids. And in the way that she reacted by going down the tunnel, so anytime you go right to that step two and you start having feelings and reactions based on your emotions, you're going down the tunnel. And so in this, it got her farther away from her outcome, which was to feel like a good mom. She actually just felt worse as she went down the tunnel, started having all these feelings and these emotions, and then the way that she reacted just exasperated the problem. So I helped her walk through all of this. We went to step number five, which is challenging your thoughts, the light at the end of the tunnel. So the first question to ask is, is it true? So I asked her, is it true? Are you a horrible mom? Are your kids going to end up being felons? And she kind of laughed and said, no. And again, the great thing about question number two is it really covers question number one, because even if she says yes, that she is a horrible mom, number two is, is it serving you? No, it wasn't serving her, these thoughts, because these thoughts then created feelings, which created reactions, which made the whole problem just blow up and get worse. So the next question on this, number three, within step five is, is this generated from past experiences or wounds? And so we went back and we talked about these feelings that she's had often in her life that she wasn't good enough. She wasn't a good enough wife. She wasn't a good enough friend. She wasn't a good enough mom. She wasn't a good enough 
it, like it just, she just, it just kind of spiraled. And she looked at this pattern. She kind of connected the dots that this thought process came was something that she had in other events that weren't just related to her kids fighting. And there's often these little dots that connect. So as we kind of talked about that, she could kind of connect that this is something that her mind kind of reverts to naturally. So we want to retrain the brain not to go there when something happens to automatically say, I'm a failure, I'm not enough, I'm not a good mom, all these things that she was doing that have actually happened in other times in her life. So the next question is, if this is you know involves another person, how have you mirrored this behavior? Well, the kids were fighting. So yeah, she's fought before. Does that mean she's a bad person? Does that mean she's going to be a felon? No. That's what we do. We're kids. We learn. Hopefully we grow out of it. But even as adults, we still fight. So there you go. But it just kind of gave her a little empathy for her kids, knowing that, hey, I turned out okay, and I fought with my brothers and sisters too. We make things mean so much more than they have to. So the next question is, what is the flip side of this thought? And in this case, we're able to do enough work that she's able to genuinely say, I'm doing the best job that I can. And I love my kids and I would do anything for them. And I'm learning and growing and trying to do better so that I can be better for them. And she was really able to kind of cut herself some slack. And her her whole body language changed from... I remember this. It was very clear. She was kind of, her shoulders were slumped. Her head was down. And as we talked about this, I could see the light come in her eyes. And I could see her standing taller and looking straight up at me and getting excited about, you know what? I'm doing a great job. That was the flip side of that thought. And how powerful that thought was in changing it into how she felt and how she physically responded. Her body language literally changed. So what was the outcome of changing her thoughts? She actually, as she was able to work through this, was in a position then to be the kind of mom that she wanted to be, which was happy, okay, confident that she's doing the best that she can do and not getting in the ditch with the kids when they're fighting. We'd like to get in the ditch with people and we think we're helping them. No. Or we think we're justified because they're acting like idiots. No. So as she was able to change this mindset and to work through this and clear this up, it put her in a place where she was a better version of herself as a mom, and she actually believed it. And the idea of this whole process is to understand that 2% of the time we're in first circle or in that place where we're in truth, and 98% of the time we're in our thoughts where we start believing them. So it's not about ever having that thought again or never having that thought that, I'm a bad mom or I'm not enough. It's about stopping ourselves from going down the tunnel. And just really, it's important to clarify that, that we will have negative thoughts, but we'll get better at catching them and they will be fewer and farther in between those thoughts. And so here is our example for the dig for the day. I hope you enjoyed that. And so back to this question of life coaching, why you might need a life coach. I would love for you to reach out to me. I'm happy to to take your calls. My information is on my website, www.let-it-glow.com. You can always reach me on Instagram. You can DM me. Whatever you need to do, reach out to me. I'd love to answer your questions. I'd love to help you get going in the right direction. 
I would love to help you design your most radiant life. So thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to the Let It Glow podcast. If you enjoyed this show, share the love with a friend. This podcast can be found on iTunes or subscribe on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. And remember, let go and let it glow.